Welcome back, everyone, to R2Cast number 133. Uh, I'm quite looking forward to this episode, and I, I'd probably say that every time, but um, this is quite a fun one, and it's a bit of a, not a relation, but a family connection, certainly family friends um, from when myself and our guests were much younger. We knew each other as youngsters, and I mean like kids. I mean, we really haven't seen each other much since, in fairness, so that's why it'll be quite fun to catch up very much more in a professional discussion than it certainly was back in the day where we probably kicked footballs each, at each other and knocked each other out of prams and such like. So that is probably the sort of history that's there. It's maybe going to be a bit of a different chat. You're maybe going to see something slightly different. Unfortunately, you will not be seeing <coughs> the video. It's just audio, as you know, and has been for some time. But I am currently wearing one of the shirts I had when I was in Africa. And the reason that is exciting is because my bags did not come back until two days ago. So they are here. I have the Tanzanite that I bought for my mum, which is fun. And I'll always have a special place in my heart for the shirt that I'm currently wearing because it was the shirt I was wearing when I got fined in a Tanzanian safari. <clears throat> um, so that's quite a fun story. The last episode we had was the start of what is a impossible series that I have decided to do, which is basically filming with every young farmers club I can. It started as an ACYFC thing, so a Scottish-based thing, and I will continue to do that. But I think we'll open it up to English clubs as well. Um, and Wales and Ireland and wherever you are. If you've got a young farmers club and you want to jump on the podcast and tell everyone about it, feel free. Um, the next episode we have, which I'll we'll actually be filming later on tonight, is with the four people that I went to Tanzania, or the three people I went to Tanzania and the four people I went to Rwanda with, um, talking about the trials and tribulations of that trip, which was absolutely life-changing, an insane experience, and just one that one that I'll never forget. And I definitely, I know I will be back um, <clears throat> to both countries. And I did kind of want to tell you a little fun story uh, about when we were out there. There was a guy called, well, it's actually, my first name is Colin, some of you may, may know, um, and there was a guy from Tanz uh, from Jamaica there called Colin and a guy from Taiwan called Colin. So we had Scottish, Jamaican and Taiwanese Colin. But Jamaican Colin was one of the biggest characters I've ever met in my life. And I was saying to a student recently, they had a, uh, a Fanta on their, uh, on, their, uh, on their table. And in Tanzania and Jamaica and that sort of places where they grow cane sugar, it's a much softer drink because they use that cane sugar as opposed to the beet sugar we're used to here in the UK. And he goes, <clears throat> I can't believe it, man. Let me tell you, when you pick up a Fanta back home in Jamaica or here in Tanzania, let me tell you, wow, wow, it's so good. The sugars, wow. Back in the States and the UK, it is too, too strong. Here, the cane sugar is wow. <laughs> and uh, it was just that's the way to sum up Colin he spoke like that the whole time and what a guy and I'm sure in the next episode there'll be a couple of stories about Colin but today's guest <clears throat> is someone a wee bit closer to home not very close to home but certainly a bit closer than Jamaica she's currently based in Somerset which is a new experience for her as well but our guest today is Isla Suter Isla would you like to say hello <clears throat> Hi Wallace yeah thank you very much for having me it's, uh, it's nice to it's, yeah, it's nice to catch up again. Just before we get started with another episode of the R2Cast, I would like to thank our primary sponsors, A-Plan Rural. A-Plan Rural are heavily involved on the social media scene. 
in the ag space with 120,000 followers on Instagram. They use this following to host social media takeovers with farmers throughout the country to showcase their stories. They also post to their rural community blog with further stories about these people in the industry. On top of this, they like to support initiatives that are championing the British agricultural industry, such as myself. So thank you to Aplan Rural for that. Yeah, we're quite fun. And as I said, I mean, it's going to be a slightly different catch-up, uh, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is always, always quite fun. Um, but yeah, Ayla, it's always quite fun at the kickoff of these sort of things uh, to give give the listeners a bit of background as to who you are. So what was what was a young Ayla? Who was a young Ayla? Was, was farming a thing that was for that young person? <clears throat> yeah, well, I grew up in... Um the Lake District in Penrith. Um, but obviously I had family up in Scotland on the Isle of Arran, as you'll know. My grand's your neighbour down the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, so no, I thought, yeah, I sort of spent my time sort of helping out on each farm. And um, like in the summer holidays, you'd go up to Granny's and sort of see a different side of it, really. But no, really been keen ever since the get-go, really. So yeah, now um, Dad lives down in Leicestershire. Um, always be pedigree um, cattle farming, but now he's gone from Limmy's to Herefords, so he's based down there. And then I'm just starting my own career. Yeah, moved down to Somerset two weeks ago, so all very new still. But yeah, loving you, it. It's quite an exciting time that the first, the first um, sort of major graduate position, and uh, especially when you move away from what you're used to as well, it's quite quite a big change. Um, the so yeah, you'd seen farming in lots of different senses, as you say, totally different, <clears throat> totally different down there than it is in Aaron. Um, sort of seeing all capacities of it, if you will. Um, what what stage were were you? What age, I guess, were you when you were like, ah, oh, okay, there's a career in this. It's not just I quite like cows. You know, there's actually somewhere I can go with this. Yeah, well, I guess it came to about GCSEs and schools are pushing you, being like, oh, what job do you want to do? And I really hadn't got a clue at that point. And it was very much, I just wanted to do something based on what I enjoyed. So I knew I loved the cattle at home and I loved um, getting involved with them. Um, And it came to a point we were doing a lot of using a lot of genetics, um, doing a lot of IVF and stuff like that. And I found it fascinating how everything worked. So it was very much that I thought I'd go to sixth form and then I really wanted to go to uni. Um, and then that's where I went to Harper Adams um, and I'd known people who'd been there previously and they'd gone out uh, with brilliant grades at the end and they're leading the industry in like some of the best jobs you can find out there and it's really at that point of sort of word of mouth and getting to know people through the showing industry and the cattle industry um, and just speaking to people and yeah, then people really inspire you to sort of get involved when you can. And that's why I sort of decided to go to Harper in the first place. I will get to Harper in a minute, but I have a very unfarming question about the English school system. How does sixth form work? Is it college? Is it school? I don't understand this. Yeah, so it's a little bit different because I know when I was speaking to my cousins, Alan and Johnny, you sort of were all the same age roughly but it's like they were in like what they classed it as and what I classed it at was was completely different um so yeah you have your GCSEs like year 10 
and 11 and then you've got year 12 and 13 and that's you can do it at college but you tend to just carry on at school and do it at school for two more years which is totally different to what we do up here and also the whole the whole year 10 thing i'm like right so seven plus three <laughs> we, we, we don't even have that either um yeah I don't, yeah you know, everything's slightly different it doesn't really matter it just seems to confuse you i really should know in that i'm in education and bring students from england but anyway let's not get into the fact that i'm a failure uh, <clears throat> looking into looking just before we get to harper and that sort of thing uh, you mentioned showing and showing certainly from facebook uh, and and instagram and whatnot seems like a pretty massive part of yourself and your brother's life in fairness so could you tell us a bit about um getting into showing and what what experiences you've had there yeah so if i take you right back to the start my first ever show was actually aaron's show <laughs> um so helping my gran and my auntie Anne and auntie ellen um they take a bunch um every year today just a very small show um but yeah i had my own little car which took around the ring and everything was like in my element it was like the wettest day ever but no it was brilliant um and yeah just got a sort of taste for it really and then every christmas time we'd have some calves um where dad would work and we'd get them ready for the young handlers which would be at carlisle for red ladies day um and yeah just absolutely loved it like sort of working with the cattle at home getting that relationship going with them really and then showing people like um bringing out your best stock and showing people i just loved it um so yeah we've done it we've done it ever since really um in 2015 we got our own commercial cattle uh myself and finley my brother we both had two um Lemmy crosses and we took them everywhere throughout the summer shows and the winter shows and then yeah sold them at the end which was quite an emotional day that was but um no loved it it was brilliant to uh brilliant sort of experience and then with the Herefords and everything yeah we just carried it on and the Herefords I must admit very different sort of they're very stubborn uh they're so lovely to work with but yes very stubborn to try and move them they do not want to go anywhere um but no absolutely love it and yeah it's always been a part of us really and uh was it was Finley that had quite a big success at Yorkshire this year Wales Yorkshire yes so uh Finley's got his own um heifer now uh he's gone into the Simmentals so he's sort of trying to build up his herd really <laughs> um he's got his foundation female and he's been out to um the Royal Norfolk which was national um, he's been to the Yorkshire show and then yeah he finished it off at the Welsh uh, where he came reserve champion um, yeah very good day for Finlay so um, I actually wasn't there this year because I was in Australia but I was watching yeah. on on the TV and everything and yeah no I couldn't be any couldn't be prouder of him yeah no that is class and uh, you know Wales and Yorkshire <clears throat> are two shows I've never been to and I think every year I'm like I'm going to do the Highland uh, Balmoral Yorkshire and Wales um, and then every year or certainly the last two years I end up doing six or seven days at the Highlands and I'm like I am done till next year <laughs> uh, and that's not showing that's just uh, other things so yeah um, no I bet it was a proud moment a big day uh, and you mentioned Australia there um, 
you've certainly not only been based in England, you've tried a few different countries. I think New Zealand and Australia are places you've done. I might have missed some. Um, yeah. What What made you What made you travel? What Why was traveling something you wanted to do? And uh, yeah, tell us tell us a bit about that. It's always something a lot of people, <clears throat> a lot of youngsters in farming want to do. And to be honest, we spoke off camera that um, it's, it's something I haven't done, and I've started doing it now at the, you know to you grandparent age of 26 and uh, it's something I really should have done earlier and you did it at that right time so tell us about that. Yeah so how it came about um, in the first place was um, the Hereford Cattle Society um, they do a youth programme and they're really good at trying to get the young people um, to sort of understand the breed, understand how cattle work, just like the ins and outs of it all really and they do workshops throughout the year. Um, but there's a World Health Conference, which goes, I think, every four or five years. And this, in 2020, it was hosted in New Zealand. Um, so they were actually putting something new on where they were doing a youth competition. So basically, each country would take four members out and they'd go out there, compete. So you do your stock judging, showing, um you do loads of little modules like animal health, genetics, uh, butchery. There's loads of different ones. And it was trying to sort of um, see how you worked well as a team, but it was also on individual scores as well. Um, and basically, yeah, they were they were advertising for members to go out. So, yeah, I thought, oh, that sounds amazing, you know. Um, so, yeah, I applied for it through the application process and everything. And I actually was, I wasn't successful to be on the UK team. Um, I was quite young at the age and everything at the time, um, but just thought, right, there's always next time. Um, but yeah, the Danish um, society got in touch and said they were wanting someone to join their team. Um, so yeah, it was really weird how it came about, but it was amazing to sort of get that second opportunity. Um, so yeah, I actually went out there being... A Danish member um, and I must admit it was amazing we went out there for a pre-tour so we did a bit of traveling around the north and south island to begin with and then the second week was when the conference was on and we also did the youth competition and the people you met and the places you went to see you learned so much on it and it was just brilliant like we got all sponsored to go out there and it was definitely a trip of a lifetime. Um, so I guess ever since that, um, I've just sort of been etching to go and stuff. And my friend and I went to um, Australia and Malaysia while we had that gap before starting our grad jobs this summer. And it's just one of these things. I've got one of them scratch maps and I pin places where I want to go here, there and everywhere. Uh, but no, it's definitely something I'd encourage anyone um, to go and just do it, really. Uh, I, I guess the main question I have is, how did you end up going with Denmark? <laughs> I know, very weird. Um, <clears throat> basically, I was put on the like sort of reserve list. So if anyone couldn't go out anything, I'd be the next one that could um, take their place. Um, and they got in touch with... Um, our president at the time and I don't think the youth's a massive thing over in Denmark there's quite a lot of younger members because you had to be 18 and over to go right. um 
so they didn't really have the numbers so they just said could we steal one of your guys um and then yeah I got asked if I wanted to and I just thought yeah I'd be silly to say no really so no it was amazing <laughs> that is not how I thought that story was going no no very random but yeah <laughs> so was it two weeks <laughs> two weeks in New Zealand is that right yeah so I did yeah. two weeks but how these things normally happen is you've got a pre-tour um conference week and then a post-tour um but no we just got back before covid all the planes shut and everything so we were very lucky just before um but yeah it was a bit weird because you left the country and everything was okay and you came back like two weeks later and everything was like lockdown it was really strange at the time oh was it basically around march time that you went out yeah, we went out in March 2020. <laughs> it was, do you know, I think in the first year of the podcast, I spoke about COVID all the time because how could you not? <laughs> it was like yeah. the only yeah. thing that was happening in the world. Um, now I don't because I'm just so bored of the word and I'm petrified of needles and I can't be bothered. People tell me I should eat the vaccine <laughs> all that sort of thing. Um, the, that week where like London had no people on it was surreal. It was so strange. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually yeah. it, was weird. it was a weird old time. But I had a great time. I was just at home, lovely weather, lambing, uh, and I I probably sat down and thought, oh, I feel a bit bad for this. <laughs> There's a lot of people suffering, and I'm sitting here loving it up. But um, yeah, good you got back because you could have been there for about, I think it was eight or nine months. Some folk were out there for. Yeah, um, there's worse, per- there's worse places yeah. to be, but you know, it was one financially, it probably wouldn't have been great. <laughs> and you missed the year of uni, I assume, at that stage as well. So, unless you could have done yeah, it, online. yeah, but done it at night, yeah, that could be tricky. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would just like to quickly interrupt the show for a minute to give you some extra information on our primary sponsors, A Plan Rural. A Plan offer bespoke cover for farms and estates the UK over. And we'll give you tailored insurance for anything on the farm from your old workhorse tractor that's been around 20 years or a fancy new and exciting diversification. Tell, uh, do you know what? We, we hear about Australia a lot. Um, Malaysia's not one we hear about. Uh, right, I'm going to really test my geography knowledge here. Is Malaysia the one with the Petronas Towers, the two with the bridge? Yes. Yeah. Um, yes, so we actually went there, yeah. Oh, that'd be so cool. What's the view like from there? Were you up it? Oh, amazing. Yeah, so we were in Kuala Lumpur. We just wanted sort of, it wasn't on the bucket list originally, but we wanted to break up the journey on the way home because yeah. it's a long way. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I guess the city was beautiful, like nothing we've ever seen before. And at night, it just comes to life. Like everything's lit up and it looks unreal. So, yeah, them towers are pretty tall as well. We did end up going up to them. Um, but no, the view is insane. It's really cool. We um we didn't go into the city. We didn't leave the airport. But Dubai was looked really cool. But Doha was insane. Like it just looked mm. mental. I've actually got a friend from Aaron who works in Doha now. Um, she's a teacher. But uh, the thing that I couldn't take, and I'm going to guess Malaysia is maybe not quite as bad. It's a bit less dry than Doha and Qatar uh, and Dubai. Um, but the heat that hit you. I mean, we're we're sitting here at the minute, what, 26 degrees where I am. You've been in low 30s in September, which for <clears throat> for an English and a Scottish person is just ludicrous. It's not fair. Um, but uh, 
yeah, the heat out in these places was just too much. I, I was just not not cut out for it. And see the the um the, the wee scratch map you have. How is there any countries that are really near the top of the bucket list? Yeah, yeah. Um Canada and America. I'd love to go out there. Um they're definitely up there. Yeah. Canada's always there, isn't it? It's on everyone's bucket list. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I hate to do this to you, but uh, in two months' time I'll be flying to the States for a week with work. Uh, <laughs> You'll have to give us all the all the um stories about it. I know that's it. And now I've said that I don't actually know if I'm allowed to say it, but oh, well it's done now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we I think <clears throat> a lot of students listening to this, uh, whether they're ag students or any form of students. McDonald's McDonald's plays a pretty big role in their student life. Yes, whether it's a McFlurry at half eleven as you try to do some studying, or it's like <laughs> I did third year, proper comfort eating to the point of being about forty eight mm. stone. Um, but McDonald's <laughs> played a slightly different role in your life. Uh, you've uh, been quite involved with McDonald's in the past. Could you tell us what I'm talking about by that? Because a lot of people, <clears throat> a lot of people see McDonald's as a as a fast food chain because it is right but there's a lot more to it and i don't know how you're going to speak about them but i see mcdonald's as a very good company from a supporting british perspective and but you're probably the better person to talk about that yeah yeah don't get me wrong i did support them um the foods eating as well um (laughs) i do still but um no um it was one of these things in uni, I had a year out uh, working in industry and it came to the point where I sort of sat down and thought, right, what do I really want to do? Um, so, yeah, McDonald's put out an advert and it was pretty much a rotational adv- uh, rotational year. So you'd spend time in farm, factory, in the head office, um, learning about the transport. So learning about the whole business, how it gets from farm to fork really. Um, so I you apply for three sections, um, which mine was beef, pork and poultry, with beef being my main one I really wanted to go in um, due to like background with the cattle. Um, but yeah, I got the phone call and they said, oh, we'd like to offer you the job, uh, but we'd like you to do the egg sector. And I thought, oh my gosh, why have they done this really? Um, Because I must admit, I hated chickens when I started. I was not a fan of them at all. Like when I used to go up to see granny up in the Isle of Arran, she had some and they you'd open the coop and then you'd absolutely leg it because they used to always run after you and it frightened us to death. Um, So no, I wasn't a fan at first. But I just thought, well, I got a chance to do something new. I have no idea about the poultry industry. It'd be a really good chance to go and try something different. Um, so I said, right, okay, I'll. Uh, would it be all right to go have a look at the site and then see if I'm happy to carry on? And they said, yeah, no worries. So anyway, went to uh, their producer, which I was going to be based with, uh, the Lakes Free Range Egg Company. And they basically took me for a look around the site and everything. And then I told them just before we went into the hen shed, just to let you know, I don't like chickens. And her jaw just dropped like, what are you doing here then? And I just said to her, well, I want you to change my mind about it. 
And yeah, I must admit, that's exactly what happened. I absolutely bloody love chickens now, which is crazy. Um, but no, spent a bit of time on farm. So did the hatchery side, rearing, laying, that sort of side, get really getting involved with it. Uh, then the factory, learning about the QA team, how you book in eggs, how the factory system worked, uh, the transport involved in it just everything like warehouse everything involved in that side of it and then went into actually working in the restaurant so that was a bit weird because like you sort of go from what everyone thinks fast food is the quality is absolute rubbish so I disagree you sort of to... actually really? genuinely and I'm not sorry to yeah. cut you off there Isla, but I think about 2018 2017 yeah. McDonald's went from God. That's because I basically increased their GDP. Um, but it went from, <laughs> it went from that product you're talking about to being like, well, a fast quality product. I think I generally yeah. think it's that's that, that's actually really interesting to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off there. That was my no, uh, no, you're my right. Um, <laughs> well, like my grandparents, oh, they would not touch it at all. But I must admit going in there you've seen it on farm you've seen that side and you've seen the quality is everything is done by the book it's up to scratch the quality is brilliant and then when you go into the restaurant it's done so clever like I think a burger frozen burger cooks about 90 seconds and then the the staff in there their hands are like going at full pace like the speed of it but the quality is unreal because everyone said to me after working in the restaurant, has it put you off your food? And I'd say absolutely no. It's it's encouraged me and it's like encouraged me to shout about how good it is as well, the quality of it. And like I definitely think there is a gap of where of the consumers knowing where their food comes from, what's involved in it and stuff. And that's something I'd really like to work like be a part of. Uh, by trying to shout out and share the message that like these farmers are putting so much work in and the quality is brilliant. So no, it's, it was a really good year. It really opened my eyes to the bigger picture of agriculture and it was uh, really beneficial. And I must admit, like I took so much away with me, which I brought home to the cattle side as well from the poultry. Um, but no, it's it was a great learning year. And yeah, I'd really, I'd recommend it to anyone, really. It was, I mean, what age, what age are you, Ayla? Is it 22. 22, so there's four years between us. I remember I must have went for it at the same age you did, so like four years ahead of you. Um, yes. And I didn't get it, but I mean, as we'll come on, uh, you were a bit of a higher quality student than I was, it would be fair to say. Uh, so I didn't get it. But when I saw you got it, I was so interested because I thought it was such a fantastic scheme and it probably came on in the four years. Uh -huh. And the, yeah. the part that you don't consider, I mean, when, when I look at a McDonald's graduate scheme from an agricultural perspective, the part you don't consider is the kitchen or the restaurant. No, I just don't no. think you're going to be there. I don't know why, which is mad. Uh, yeah. So I think it's good that it goes the full circle and it goes to the... I guess it's not really farm to fork because there's no forks. Uh, farm to bag, I don't know. <laughs> farm to car. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but um, no, really interesting. I did really want to, want to hear your story about that. But uh, 
what was what was head office like where where was head office? uh yeah it was yeah i remember coming down the train i was like oh my gosh because i i don't really go into the city much so it was like trying to find my way around like the underground i had no idea like I was ringing um, back in the office being like, I'm lost. They're like, well, we can't help you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I got there and, you know, it was exactly sort of what I pictured. Like on the outside, um, they had flags up and everything. It was a really cool place. Um, and then you go in and the thing what really got me was they've got their own McDonald's inside the head McDonald's. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> We go for dinner yeah. at the office. <laughs> so yeah, when we were down there, every day you got a free meal, which yeah, it had its perks. <laughs> it had its perks, but I mean, like the I would put on gallons of weight. <laughs> it, would be, it would be dreadful. Uh, well, that's dangerous. It's oh god, I follow the the CEO on Twitter. Was it Chris Kempzinski? I think his name is, and uh, mm-hmm. I just love listening to that guy talk. Like he's one of those folk that. I'm like, he speaks in progression. Like, how's everything he's saying, like, somehow changing stuff? I just could listen yeah. to the guy all day. Um, but yeah, a really interesting company, a company that I think gets a bad rap for, for some understandable reasons, but in general, you know, does a really good job for the sector um, and is not the poor health product it was. Yes, it's still fast food. Yeah, you're not going there for a salad, but... For the most part, it's it's much better, and I would say it's sort of in a better spot than the likes of, you know, KFC that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I was I really wanted to hear about that, and I, I thought there was something about you doing poultry when you didn't like poultry, um, which is quite yeah. funny. Yeah, 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 no, good, good. Yeah, grand blame <laughs> for that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone now. It's gone. The fear's gone now. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell us, I love hearing about folks' experience at uni. Obviously, I'm in education on the teaching side have been through five years of education myself um and i alluded to the point that uh, you and i maybe had slightly different academic careers and that i took longer to flourish uh but tell us about tell us about harper yeah so so um it was really weird actually because i i would be saying i get quite nervous about things really but i was just full of excitement going like I remember waving to my dad when he drove past and stuff like that. And I was just so excited. I couldn't wait to get going really. Um, so now I must admit, like I got there and the atmosphere from day dot was so lovely. Like everyone was in the same boat, but it's amazing how it doesn't matter where you come from, uh, the background you've got or everything. Everyone's so inclusive and everyone just became friends really quickly. Um, so that's sort of how that came about and so that was Freshers Week was very good obviously good fun sort of yeah um, <laughs> yeah very tired by the end of it and fresh, Freshers Flu kicked in and yeah it was a bit slow to begin with <laughs> um, but yeah once once sort of like because I started um, studying agriculture with animal science um, yeah. so it was a bit of a mixture first year you got um you got taught about crops um about how um agri buildings work and everything like that so you got it wasn't just animal based you got to see the whole side of the agriculture and then in your second year you specialized in more of the genetics 
feed nutrition, waste and manure, stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, it was really interesting because I speak to dad about things at home, but I'm sort of going into detail about it now. So you could see like the practical side of it and the theory side. And I must admit with Harper, um, they got their own farm there. And I must admit the farm is so impressive. Like I'd never milked a cow or anything like starting at Harper. And there's, it really gave you the chance. If you hadn't done any anything with like pigs or anything like that, you really could just sign up for sessions and just get involved. So it was literally just like home from home, really. I loved it. And then, yeah, I had my year out in third year. And then fourth year came back, sort of buckled down, you know, dissertation. Um, was Yeah, the workload was a lot more. But no, I've, I've learned so much. And I must admit, starting uni and finishing uni, completely different person now. Like the confidence you gain, the knowledge and everything, like you really develop as a person as well as like understanding more about agriculture. So no, it's definitely the best thing I ever did. Your explanation of starting uni there was so similar to mine. Um, yeah. <laughs> it is funny. When I tell folk that I was shy in school, they're like, no, you weren't, Wallace. I said, genuinely, yeah. Wallace, like, I promise. Uh, and, yeah, maybe alleviated somewhat by the time I went to uni. But um, I remember mum and dad telling me a story that, well, now my ex, but my partner at the time when we went there, uh, basically dropped the bags and got partly with <clears throat> Caitlin, who was in, in, my, uh, in my halls, and we walked out to go and like see the, the, the town I was in now before I'd said bye to everyone. And my mum was like, Yeah, she wasn't too happy with that. Uh, <laughs> but just that you, were, you were ready. You were, you were like, you put yeah. effort to get there and it was time to go. And yeah, it was, it was good fun. That, that third year, which, which for yourself was McDonald's, was that compulsory? It was on my course, yes. Right. Um, yeah, for the bachelor degree, you could do that. Um, but no, I definitely are. Oh, that was, that's what made it the cost. To be fair, um, it was brilliant. Yeah, I definitely think that was a really good idea to include that year out. It's interesting that because we're <clears throat> we're. I mean, we filmed this on the day of um, the, I guess the Tuesday of the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of Freshers uh, that we organised sort of in in campus the bit the students are really looking forward to is later i understand but uh we were at yeah. that stage the minute and then um, we are we're in a process of rewriting our qualification so the hnc so the year one uh is in its second year of pilot just making sure it's all good the year two is now in its first attempt so we'll be teaching it for the first time next week and then as uh -huh. of then we're looking at sort of changing the degree and one of the things we're looking at is is that you know a compulsory year i I know I would have hated it. Not the year out, I would not have been able to come back. I would have Yeah, really... well, I'm, I must admit, I was worried for that because I got into a routine and I really threw myself into the deep end and you got a taste of how how life was working and I really enjoyed that. Like, I'm a worker myself. Um, so I thought, oh, gosh, I'm going to go back to uni I'm going to work hard on my studies, but then I'm just going to sort of like lounge around for the rest of the time. Um, but I must admit, once I got into it, it wasn't a problem at all. You sort of see all your friends again, which is really nice. And, you know, everyone's in the same boat. Sort of you, you do have to work a lot harder in your last year because you've got more workload and 
like dissertation that took plenty of my time and everything um but no I did get into it really well and but I was worried at the start but it was okay in the end and did you just graduate in this summer so I've not actually had graduation right. yet um graduation is on the 22nd of September so something oh, right. to look forward to yeah oh, you will absolutely love it it's just such a an amazing day it really is <clears throat> um I was actually lucky enough to speak at our graduation last week and just seeing everyone. Yeah, it's just, Amazing. oh, it's a brilliant day. It is, it's such a good day. I really take advantage of it. My advice is take the next day off work. Um, have, have <laughs> well, it's Saturday, so it works well. <laughs> ideal, ideal. Have a few cocktails okay. and have a good time. Brilliant. No, love to hear that, love to hear that. But important to mention, and I only saw this because I... So on uh, on Facebook, um, you were shortlisted for an award, student-wise, uh, through the Farmers Weekly. Yeah. That must have been quite yeah. an honour, and obviously well-deserved. So I, I've said shortlisted because I don't know what came of it. I haven't heard since. So tell us about that. No, oh, thank <laughs> you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they do the, um, the awards for Agriculture Student of the Year. And, yeah, I was very lucky to have been nominated. And then I uh, went on further to... Uh, put my application in and everything uh, just sort of a few questions about like about your history um, your involvement in agriculture and then yeah it was amazing to sort of be recognized for that really um, and yeah went went to my interview met the judges um, sort of had like a yeah mini interview and did a presentation for them and it was really nice to sort of have that informal chat about sort of what you've been up to but also like what you're wanting to do in the future because it was really nice because they gave you a lot of advice as well um so no it was really nice to do that but um when I was in Australia I actually had the phone call saying I'd been shortlisted for the Farmers Guardian as well Brilliant. so yeah no it's it's amazing really to be shortlisted like you'd never think you'd never think anything of it but it's amazing like to have been shortlisted in the first place really uh but no it's it's an honor to be shortlisted and um yeah if it's if it encourages more people to get involved in these opportunities it's brilliant it must be deserved if two of a uh, have came forward so brilliant and is, is is that a thing that the results have been found out or do you find that out later have you got an idea october october so hopefully hear back then yeah, well, massive good luck, massive good luck. I did Thank actually read the, the, I didn't see the Farmer's Guardian one, it was the Farmer's Weekly one I saw. Um, other magazines mm -hmm. are available, given one of them is my sponsor, Scottish Farmer is also available up here. Uh, um, but yeah, I had a read everyone's, and yeah, everyone sounds very deserving, but obviously I'll be supporting yourself. Um, <clears throat> you mentioned right at the start, you're currently two weeks in to a new job, one weekend, uh, weekend maybe? Um, two weeks now. Two weeks, yeah. I can't imagine you're going to know everything about the job yet, given you've been there two weeks. Uh, I celebrated my three-year birthday at my current job, and I'm sure everyone at work would ask if they, if I know what I'm doing. So um, I don't expect that. But what, <laughs> what, <laughs> what is the job you've taken on? It's a graduate position, isn't it? And uh, yeah, what's involved? Yeah, so I'm working for an amazing company of ABP, uh, which is a red meat processing company. Um, so I'm actually joining the ag agriculture team, which is really nice because I get a mixture of being out on farm and everything. 
Um, so yeah, just two weeks in. So I've actually moved down to Somerset, which is completely new to me. I keep ending up coming, keep coming down the country slowly. So uh, yeah, I don't <laughs> know if Dad's too impressed, but um, no, started here uh, for my first week, just pretty much an induction week. Um, they actually have got 22 graduates they've took on this year. 22? Um, yeah, yeah, it's amazing. And, and it's just sorry to cut you off there, is that all ag-based graduates or is ABP more than just agriculture, it's food technology, it's everything. So, yeah, is yeah. that? No, not just agriculture. It's across like all your departments, your finance, IT, operations, technical, new product development, engineering as well so no it's you've, really important you've definitely just done all the starting graduate stuff that so you know everything like that <laughs> it's plumbed in me I, know. <laughs> I hope you've kicked your feet up and got comfy and enjoying another fantastic episode of the r2 cast with another really interesting guest i would just like to quickly take another second to plug the sponsors of the show today the scottish farmer and i would strongly advise you to go out and pick one up this week and see even more of the fantastic people that are in our industry. So no, they're really, really supportive and trying to bring new talent into the business. And yeah, it's been, that first week was brilliant. Sort of meet everyone and sort of understand how they, each departments work and how they work together. And, you know, the company is massive and you don't realize half what goes on behind it, but no, it's a really interesting company and everything's done brilliantly. And, no, I'm really excited to get into it a little bit more. So, yeah. And you might not know this yet, but what, what's your role going to involve? Directly? Yeah, so um, with that, I've moved down to Somerset. So I'm basically um, started working for Blade Farming at the minute, which is part ABP own it. So Blade Farming, basically, they have their own uh, rearing and finishing yeah. and they focus on the calves. Uh, There'll be Aberdeen Angus calves um, over the dairy, uh, Holstein. And basically trying to improve um, efficiency, uh, have everything uniform across the board, trying to get that consistent product, you know. So trying to buy, look into the genetics a little bit more. So I know they work closely with genus um, and look into feed trials and stuff like that to try and get that consistent product across supermarkets um so yeah at the minute i'm sort of just getting overall i'm just trying to understand how it all works really um so with that i'll then be going out on farms sort of looking into weighing calves uh seeing the progression they're making uh trying to work closely with farmers and sort of trying to trying to build that relationship up a little bit more and sort of yeah trying to improve the product so I can maybe tell you a little bit more as the months go on, but for now, that's that's sort of where I'm at. Yeah, I was not expecting as much as you said. Don't think <laughs> I was expecting more than that. Trust me, I've done a graduate scheme myself, and uh, it's the, the reason I said about oh, you've clearly been doing the research was uh, in my head. I wear a green band on my arm purely because I just got it once, and I worked for Enterprise Rent a Car. And uh, I will never, ever, ever forget that Jack Taylor, who was on the USS Enterprise, started Enterprise in 1957. It'll never, ever leave my head. <laughs> I didn't know I knew it yeah. until you mentioned that, and it's come into my head. And it's it's quite cool you said there um, 
about the genus involvement, just for anyone listening, if uh, you want to hear the genus side of what <clears throat> what Isla's talking about there, I think they're, they're involved in Beef Connect, uh, I think was the name, and um, an R2 cast number 127, so only six episodes ago, we had Gemma Work on, who was quite integral on that side of things as well, so if you want to go and hear more, go over a listen. Um, are you enjoying it so far? Oh, loving it. Yeah, yes. everyone's been great to me, because I was a bit worried that because I'm from a pedigree background, I know cattle and stuff, but it is a still very different um, system. But no, it's you're like a little like sponge to begin being, to begin with. You don't realize how much you like absorb all the knowledge, yeah. and then you get talking to people, and you're like, oh my gosh, I actually know quite a bit already, you know. Um, so no, it is still quite new and sort of overloaded with information. But I'm trying to trying to get it all written down and hopefully it'll be like a jigsaw soon and it'll all come together you know brilliant no here i'm sure you will and i'm i'm uh, these graduate schemes are so many of them yeah they're just brilliant actually i really like them um <clears throat> and there's a lot of there's a lot more coming up in the ag sector uh, and yeah. that's that's a good one you know from a from a being an ag education perspective that might be one i'll keep in mind um for the start of the new year um yeah. for when when the the for the graduate job chase begins again uh, it's it's such a hard time that the, the job application time were you quite quick into getting that job or did you have loads of applications how did you go i must admit like um it was it it'll be around november december time last year i'd sorted it uh but no harper just put this careers fair on and I must admit, I had no idea what I wanted to yeah. do afterwards. I thought I've got, I could go down poultry, I could go down the beef side, like I could do something completely different again. Like my dad always told me, don't worry about signing for some, signing up for something you're not sure about because you don't have to do it for the rest of your life. Yeah. You know, as long as you try it and just do it, you'll be fine. Um. So now did that, and then I just went round a few of the stalls and I think I had a you noted down what I really wanted uh, to sort of look into a little bit more and yeah spoke to ABP and just got a bit more information and it sounded really good Um, talked to a few graduates and I'd actually seen them on placement at the City Food Lecture in London right where they did a talk about it and I must admit they had me a little bit hooked at the time Um. And yeah, I've always kept it in mind and everything and no sort of went for it. And yeah, no, I'm really glad I did. Amazing. Brilliant. Love to hear it. Love to hear that. Um, yeah, good. Good. It's a, uh, yeah, I do sort of like asking that uh, job finding question because I had. Yeah. It and, is hard. <laughs> well, do you know what? You're obviously much more organised than me. I started the job <laughs> hunt about four months after graduation. Um so yeah I actually because of the time of year I applied for a job with Santa Claus this is not fabricated in <laughs> any way I applied I had a master's degree in food security like a percentage off of with distinction and uh, I applied for a job as Santa Claus I even sent a photo in of the beard died and sent my oh yes, oh yes. oh Merry Christmas I still didn't get it you know so it was, um, uh, yeah it's it is a tricky time but no um with your credentials, I'm not surprised you've everything sorted way before. Um, yeah. Tia, Ayla, it's always fun to 
especially to speak to someone that you know but you don't fully know because you're not talking to them all the time and sort of hear what they're doing a wee bit more in depth um, and I, I say this to folk quite often you probably don't realise just how quick things go but we're already sitting at 50 minutes it sort of flies by um, but there's two questions I ask everyone um, at, at the end of the podcast we've obviously went from yourself starting out seeing cattle and running away from chickens as a kid um, <laughs> all the way forward now to uh, first off getting over your fear of chickens that's a big one and then now yeah. in your first graduate position in the current position to be waiting to see if you are a student of the year so yeah a fantastic transition and uh, yes what better time to ask you than at 20 I hate asking people your age this because I'll be the same age next year as you'll be in five years. Not a fan of that. But in five years, where do you see where do you see Isla Suter? And uh, the second question is, if you had any tips for folk coming into farming, what would they be? Yeah, I must admit, I hate this question. Of where totally. do you see yourself? Yeah, because I have no idea. You know, like I sort of, I'm very much, I sort of just take it step by step. But I must admit, when I started uni, I really wanted to go down genetic side. And I've told you that straight away. Yeah, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be like an embryologist or something like that. Um, and yeah, that's complete changed over the years. But I definitely think like with getting involved in so much, like all these opportunities, it's really changed my mind about what I want to do in the sense of I'm seeing new things all the time, what I seem to be interested in and everything. But I don't think it's a bad thing. You don't know what you want to do. Um, so no, in five years' time, um, I'd definitely like to be try and work my way through in the red meat industry a bit more, you know, learn a lot more about it, uh, try and work myself up a little bit, um, but also try and make a difference somewhere. Um, but obviously with that, I'd love to do a little bit more travelling, um, try and get america off after i'll have to hear what you say about it um but yeah try and get a few more places ticked off and there's also like one thing on my bucket list that i really really want to do is one of them nuffield scholars ships um so i'd love to sort of go traveling but uh focus on a subject and see how the different countries deal with that and then do a big report on it and try and get sort of some sort of like understanding of it and try and see if we can like sort of bring it back to the UK to try and improve like sustainable ways and stuff like that really so yeah yeah amazing yeah but like in terms of like tips to give anyone like my dad probably is like my biggest part like we've been for everything together and I couldn't thank him enough for everything really um he's always just said just do it like and that really like is massive like if you're not sure on to do something or whatever I definitely just try and get as many opportunities as you can like especially trying to get in a career in agriculture or in any any industry any way really try and build up your CV and stuff like it really is who you know what not what you know so if you're yes, getting with the right people and everything like that you could you really can go far you know and the the just go for it attitude is yeah. so good. I mean, I think I think it gets to a stage where, you know, once you sort of quote unquote make it, you know, that you've got yeah. a cap down and you've got to sort of be like, right, this is the right thing. But at your stage, mm-hmm. at my stage, 
at probably the next 10 year stage just say yes like if it goes wrong who cares like it might yeah. cost you money it might but who really cares um, and on Nuffield um, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast I don't think I have but I am I'm in well I'm in the last stage of a Nuffield scholarship at the minute so if uh, I have an interview in four weeks time just less than four weeks time I still don't know the exact date I just know what week it is uh, down in London to see if we can get uh, get that and I am currently planning a trip to Kyoto in Japan, Singapore, uh, um, Switzerland and Holland to look at agricultural education. Uh, so yeah, my advice as someone who is, is not an off-field scholar but is very much trying and you know yeah. at a slightly advanced stage is don't go to do an off-field scholarship, find a topic and do an off-field scholarship on it and like, if yeah. you're not like that nerd about that topic you need to sort of just it's need to be all we care about so no brilliant and you yeah are no here. good luck with that good luck with that wallace it'll be brilliant okay. okay you are you're the exact candidate for it and you're a you're still too young so you still got to wait a year you know that yeah yeah no it's not <laughs> something straight away but in the future i definitely like to do one amazing no i was the yeah. same at your age i always thought it's such a cool thing um, yeah. So yeah, uh, not very good, and and I'm the same. I hate the where do you see yourself in five years question. Like, I found out three weeks ago I might be going to America. I found out two months ago I was going to Africa. Yeah. Two weeks ago, you know, like you never yeah. know what's coming. You really no, don't. Exactly. I, have, I have been trying to think the entire episode. You have the exact same accent as someone, and I could not get it. And I've just got, <laughs> it. I've just got it. I don't know if if you heard like boots and heels like Becca and Lizzie. No, I can't no. say I have. So on Instagram, there's this pair, Becca Wilson and Lizzie McLaughlin. Uh, I would say they're probably, uh, they had a bigger podcast than me and they've sort of slightly changed as they've moved businesses. Um, and they've got a slightly different podcast now. They're, they're, they very much release less than I do, but probably have a bigger audience per episode. Uh, but you have, I could be speaking to Lizzie. It is the exact yeah. same. I could not work out <laughs> with Lizzie. Just a second, this second got it. But um. Thank you very much for coming on. I hope you've enjoyed uh, being on the episode. <clears throat> yeah, thank you very much for having me. It's been great. Good. It's been an absolute pleasure. An absolute pleasure. And for those listening, I hope you've enjoyed Ayla's story today. As I said, it's always sort of nice to speak to someone that you do know but don't fully know and you can sort of hear hear more about them. Um, what I said was the last episode, number 132, was Lower Nith, a Young Farmers Club. We spoke about fundraising Um and I can say we because I am, well, I'm actually part of the committee. So we spoke about fundraising. Um, Stuart Burgess uh, has a dad. I was weird to say that. Stuart Burgess, who is one of the sort of advisor committee members in Lower Nith, had the idea of um, raising money for Parkinson's in a very unique way. The highest hill, it's actually a volcano um, near Dumfries. It's called Criffle. I couldn't give you the exact height without Googling it, so I won't say it in case I'm wrong. But Stuart's family have lived... I was going to say the foothills, it's not Kilimanjaro, um, lived at the bottom of uh, Cruffle their whole life, but he'd never been up it. And his dad, Ian, has um, has Parkinson's and, and that sort of, that luxury, that choice to go up it now is definitely gone. So Stuart had the idea to get his old man on a horse cart and the young farmers to drag him up it. And I, I remember seeing Joanne, our secretary's response when Stuart said this, we're like, and how are we getting the risk assessment for that one? But 
whatever happened happened. We did it a couple of Saturdays, a couple of Sundays ago, and we're knocking eleven grand uh, raised at the minute. So we talked about that. Talked about next year, the eightieth year. And if you are, which I believe actually you are, Ayla, um, if you are a young farmer and you're involved in young farmers and you're listening, um, and you want your club to come on, please do. The episodes are getting sorry. The podcast is getting probably about fourteen. No, not quite 14, 11,000 views a week, probably. So it's, it's some pretty big numbers. If you want to get your stories out there, please get in touch on Facebook or Instagram. And the next episode will be stories about Africa. After that, we've got a farmer going into comedy. We have got a truck driver who's made fame on TikTok, um, Becky Giles, and a few other different things coming. So please get in touch if you have any ideas for guests, but please don't be hurt if the next day they're not on because I do get a ridiculous amount of those messages now. So thank you very much for listening, and we shall see you for our two cast number 134. See you then. I hope you've enjoyed another excellent episode of the R2 cast. I just want to take this moment to quickly thank our primary sponsors once more, A Plan Rural. If you follow A-Plan on social media, you'll see the work they're doing to really promote British farming and back our industry. It's been a pleasure working alongside A-Plan Rural so far, and long may it continue. The values of A-Plan Rural runs perfectly in line with the whole mantra of Rural to Kitchen, and I'm glad to have them on board. Check them out on Instagram at A-Plan Rural and on Facebook at A-Plan Rural Insurance. See you for the next podcast.